This is the Cinema Review Show. I'm going to see as many films as I possibly can and on each episode interview a different guest about the films we've seen. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, you can do so on all good podcasting apps. Just search the Cinema Review Show. And now, sit back, relax and enjoy this week's episode. So the first review on this week's show is going to be us and Jordan Peele was back after a very successful start with Get Out uh, and we're going to be reviewing us alongside Zoe. Hello Zoe, how are you? Hello, thank you for having me, I'm very well. That's okay, it's uh, been a long time planning this one hasn't it? It's been yes. like three weeks actually. Yeah, yeah we spent a few uh, few weeks planning it. I, th- I guess it was mainly because I was meant to catch the film on the opening night and <laughs> unfortunately I was uh, deprived of doing so but I've what, finally what seen happened? it. You went somewhere? Yeah, I went to Italy for a fun little grandparent visiting trip. Um, <laughs> I would have been happier watching us, but it's fine. I've seen it now, so it's, it's absolutely fine. Good, and we can <laughs> review that one together. And so what is the film about? Well, we have Adelaide Wilson. Uh, she returns to her childhood home with her husband and two children for a vacation. Now, upon returning, Adelaide grows increasingly concerned that something bad is going to happen. Memories from the past resurface, and so does her worst fears, with four strangers appearing at the front door. And little do they know that these strangers are, in fact, four exact doppelgangers of themselves. The fight for survival begins. Uh, Should we take a listen to a clip? Yes, let's do it. (laughs) Okay, let's call the cops. I did. They're 14 minutes away. What? 14 minutes? Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Jason, give me the bat. What bat? The baseball bat, the bat. There's one in the corner. Here, here. Thank you. Gabe. All right, hold on. I got this. Let's try this again. Gabe. No, 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 no. All right. Gabe. I got this. I got this. Now, I thought I already done told y'all to get off my property, okay? So if y'all want to get crazy, we can get crazy. Now, the cops already on their way. Hey, 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 hey! So there was a little clip from from us. Um, Zoe, what are your credentials for for this film exactly? So you do a lot of horror reviews, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, I usually watch things that are slightly more the extreme <laughs> side of horror um, and quite messed up in terms of um, their subject matter. But obviously, I mean, I love to get out. So as soon as I knew that Jordan Peele was doing a new film, I was like, okay, I'm going to see that as soon as possible. Mm. And he clearly loves his horror sort of genre as well, because Get Out was obviously a a bit of a masterpiece in in terms of sort of a thriller, sort of turn it on its head kind of film. And and Us, I think, is very similar in that way. But with this one, it's it's also very different in terms of the narrative. Um, You're not getting a lot out of the narrative as you would with the with with Get Out, where you were getting a lot more being fed to you in a way. 
Do you see what I'm Yeah, there was definitely a, a lot more fed to you in Get Out. And I think as well, I guess with Get Out, we kind of had some expectations of what was going to happen because it was, you know, a new director. So everyone was kind of very involved and he did want the audience to know. However, I do think there's similarities in the sense that it's, there's an underlining within both of the films where you're still never quite certain 100% of what, what you're seeing and what he wants you to understand from the film. Hmm. Well, this one, Us, is, is even from the title, is very ambiguous because Us could mean so many different things from the context of the film as well. So is it about us as in us, the people? Is it in, about us as in the doppelgangers? Is it about us as in the U- United States of America as well? And, and, and I like the fact that he's going down that road of being quite politically charged as well. Um, but at the same time, there's so many metaphors, so many ambiguities throughout this film that when I first watched it, I didn't quite get it. And I yeah. wasn't sure if I, if I came out of this film liking it or not. Um, I don't know how much of a spoiler review we want to do on this episode, but I think we're going to have to spoil it a fair bit. It's been out for a few weeks now, and I think most people have seen it. Um, and it's one of those films where you kind of have to spoil it a little bit, I think. You do, otherwise you can't really talk about a lot of the topics that it covers. But like you said, I really liked kind of the ambiguity around it. Um, And, you know, even with the posters that came out, the very first posters, obviously, as they went on, they kind of gave a little bit more away. But even the first posters, they were very... No one had a clue about what, what was really coming. I mean, they kind of just featured... I think the first poster was the white poster with the two silhouette, silhouettes on the background. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, it didn't necessarily give away anything to do with it. Um, and then obviously they kind of got a little bit more in-depth as much as you can for a poster. But I still think they were... It was kind of, you know, often in horror, especially a lot of people moan that you watch a trailer you see a poster, you're given too much information about what you're going to see and it's spoiled, whereas I think Jordan Peele was trying to make sure that he doesn't do that and keeps the audience enticed and gives us just enough to feed us, like, you know, some excitement about what he's going to be delivering, which he definitely did with us. I mean, I saw the first poster and I was like, it's going to be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the anticipation for this film has been off the scale, really, because everybody really did enjoy get out and and this has been just just amazing like how much people have been interested in it um and i think a lot of people have been relatively split in terms of whether they liked it or not because i think it is so difficult to get into the understandings of this film and trying to work out what it means but at the end of the day i think jordan pill is trying to pose questions and leave it very open-ended for for the person who's watching it to understand and take away from it what they want to take away from it you know it's their own feeling about it a hundred percent and I think I think one of the main problems is why some people feel a bit with his movies a bit like oh did I like because even me when I first watched it I was like I came out and I was like did I like it and I spent maybe a couple of hours thinking about it and I was like no I didn't like it I loved it I was like it was and it was because actually you kind of you come away Mm. and you think about for a few days similar to um, Hereditary you know a lot of people hated it because they were like I don't understand it and it's again kind of a film that actually you need to process a bit which I think is really important Um, but I think in the horror 
industry were often so used to seeing movies that are really straightforward. You know, you think of like 80s slashers, you know exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get someone running away from a man with a knife. Someone's going to die. Yeah. And he's probably, the bad guy's probably going to go on to do another five sequels. It's pretty standard kind of, whereas what Peel's doing, and I think actually quite a few modern horror directors, like you said, you know, it's more political, there's more questions, they're trying to open up a conversation rather than just going, well, here it is, here's it on a plate, we're going to put 20 jump scares in, someone's going to get murdered horrifically, and that's pretty much it. Mm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, let's delve into the film a little bit more then. Um, in terms of metaphors and ambiguity and things like that, throughout the film we're presented with lots of mirror images of different things throughout the film. So um, 11-11 being a big part in the film and you see that spread out. And on my second watch, I think I counted quite a fair few going through it. There was at the beginning of the film, um, the man holding the sign with Jeremiah 11-11 on it. Yeah. And I think there was more before that as well. Um, the adverts at the beginning, 11 at 11. Um, yeah, on the old on the commercials. Old commercials, yeah. yeah. And then also there's a lot of foreboding, I think, in that beginning bit as well, because the hands across America, they say about being tethered together. And it's obviously the, the foreshadowing of the of tethered. What comes at the, towards the end, and yeah. We, we should probably explain what the tethered are then. Do you, do you want to have a go at that? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> um, so the tethered are... They are kind of um, clones, in a sense, that were made uh, by humans in order to control other humans on Earth. So underground, you have the tethered, and they're um, carbon copies of the humans that you have above Earth. And it was so that the government could actually control the people that are on Earth. So like you said, with the the political sense, it's all about kind of, you know, control and the government and almost conspiracy theories in a sense as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously the tethered are doppelgangers of those on Earth. So everyone on Earth has a tethered version of themselves. Which is a bit creepy to be... Yeah, and, and actually, if you watch a lot of horror movies and movies in general, there's not been that many doppelganger-type things. And when you think about them, it's actually a really creepy phenomenon. that You, you know, like when someone messages you and they're like, oh, I saw someone that looks exactly like you on the bus, and you're mm. like, mm, it's a bit weird because there's meant to be just one of you. So yep. to think that there could be literally a doppelganger... Yeah, I don't like that thought. No, me neither. <laughs> I think it's really, really creepy and disturbing that that could be a thing. But they are they are living in this shadowed world, these these tethered. And they are, because they are living in the shadowed world, they are supposedly the bad people in this film. And you go throughout this entire film thinking that these, these are evil beings. They, what they're trying to do is, you know, take over the world, really. And... When you reflect upon that a little bit, is it they are the monsters at the end of the day or is it actually are we the monsters? And that's what Jordan Peele, I think, poses throughout the entire film and I think no more so at the end of the film is yeah. when he poses that at this, at this biggest bit. And I don't know if we should spoil that or not. Maybe we should. Maybe we shouldn't. 
I don't know. Oh, it's a tough one. It really isn't it? is, isn't it? <laughs> well, maybe we won't. But the ending it becomes massively ambiguous, and yeah. and then that's the question that's sort of posed: Who is the monster? Who's here? the real monster? Yeah, and I think um, actually, you know, when you when you think of it, like we do always presume in movies, like oh, the person in the shadows, the one hiding, and you know, the tethered live in the underground kind of section of wherever it is, the the mirror maze, but I guess it's kind of the underground of um, Earth because uh, when Adelaide um, travels down, you see she goes so far down mm. that it's almost, to me, kind of like hell that she's going down into because it's, yes. she goes a very far, long way down. And I guess for us, we kind of, you know, regardless of you, if you're religious or not, you do think of like, oh, the people that are down there in the darkness, well, they're the bad ones. But then, like you said, actually, towards the end, it's like, is it them or is it us? Yeah. And it does make you kind of, I guess it's like reflecting upon your own person a bit. Yeah, everybody has like a dark side to them in a way. <laughs> yeah. And that this film is almost like splitting the good from the bad, but actually... Who, who is that person? What, what is the good and the bad? Yeah, like, exactly. And who actually decides that? Like, what what was the deciding factor that went, well, this is the good thing and this is the bad thing? Exactly. But the, the going down to hell thing, actually, kind of leads me on to, like, the soundtrack a little bit. Yeah. So the beginning of the soundtrack, and throughout the film as well, it's very satanic in a way, in nature, because of the vocals that are being sung and then the, the plucking of the violin almost, I think it is, yeah. and which was kind of reminiscent of the of the favourite. I don't know if you've seen that or not. but No, I haven't seen it so yet. So the soundtrack in that is very um, staccato almost in the way that they're plucking the violins and stuff, and it's very creepy in a way. Yeah. But combine that with the, the vocals that you've got in, in, in Us, it's very, very hellish and very satanic and... I didn't get that the first time round, but this time I got it a lot more. Yeah. And it's especially on the scene where they're zooming out from the rabbits as well. That scene was actually, for me, one of the most... Te- I mean, and it's obviously it's like the very beginning of the film, mm. one of the most terrifying scenes. And it made me feel so uncomfortable. Like the the music and, and the vocals are... They're very, like, distressing. And yeah. then you see, obviously, all the rabbits in cages, which is... I mean, if you're an animal lover as well, it's quite a, I don't know, there's something very uncomfortable about that scene. And the way it slowly, slowly pans out with the music behind is just, I thought it was a very, very good shot. And yeah, it sets the tone for, you know, that something not very nice is going to come after that. (laughs) Absolutely. But it's, they're almost um, polar opposites in the way, the rabbits and the music, because the rabbits... I looked it up on the internet. I wanted to see what is there symbolism behind the rabbits or not. And the symbolism was rebirth for for rabbits. So in a way, it's like the the tethered are rebirthing themselves. They are wanting to untether themselves and this is their moment to be reborn. And from looking at that and then watching it again, it's like, well, this is it's almost like the rabbits are telling the story in this opening bit. It's again foreboding that entire story yeah. of the entire film, which is really clever actually, because yeah. I didn't get that at all the first time. I didn't know that rabbits symbolised that. 
at all. And see, yeah. when I when I first saw the trailer, um, I was thinking about the rabbits, and obviously, like uh, the white rabbits are seen quite a lot in before the film was released in kind of the posters. Yeah. Um, there was a poster, and the young boy is wearing a t-shirt with a white rabbit on, and also um, the scissors look like the ears of a rabbit. So lots of symbolism around that. Yeah. And for me, I think of rabbits with uh, like testing and cloning and all you know kind of like experimentation so before I saw the film I was like oh perhaps there'll be something in there about the rabbits symbolizing like clones and and I guess in one sense I think maybe that they could still a little bit you know because they kind of um Obviously, everyone has a clone, and the rabbits are almost like clones of one another. Well, yeah, pretty much the amount they obviously have to, um, I don't know, reborn from each other, I guess, and they yeah. have to mate with each other to feed all of these uh, tethered that are down there, because all they eat yeah. is rabbits, which is bizarre. Yeah, because there's that scene near the end, isn't it, where there's actually horrible, where you just see a short clip into one of the rooms with them just eating, eating the rabbits yeah. raw and, and that's all they consumed <laughs> yeah and it's like that's 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 the part of the film that i didn't get like there's part of the narrative and and um that i cause like how do they sustain on just rabbit alone for this entire time where did they get the clothes from that they are wearing when they're down there where do they get the scissors from where do they get all these things from like they can't pop up to the surface and just go and buy those sort of things because they're stuck I guess. down there are they I guess that's quite a, a logical thing that obviously, I mean, actually all, always comes up when I'm watching horror movies because, you know, you see like zombie apocalypse ones and I'm like, so where did they go to the bathroom? Yeah. When did they do that? You know, yeah. and actually it's very, I mean, of course they don't include it because it kind of destroys the atmosphere of a film, but perhaps it ties into them talking about the government and it being almost, you know, they said it was the government that set up these experimentations. So perhaps you could even go as far and start to go down a route of conspiracy theory that they purposefully made the tethered and gave them the tools that they needed to eventually come up. Rise up. Rise up and cause this distress and and chaos because, I mean... My um, my dad's really into conspiracy theories and often there's many conspiracy theories about the government purposefully doing things to make the world kind of turn into chaos and against one another, mm. even though we should be together. So maybe that's something Jordan Peele was trying to play into and, you know, left that there so that you did start to think about like, oh, where did they get the scissors from? Who gave them the scissors? I like the scissors as well. I, they're very, I'm not sure what they're symbolic of at all, if, if anything, but they must be because Hill doesn't put things in this film without it meaning something, at, at least at some point, I think. So my theory on the scissors are of, obviously they've, they're called the tethered mm. and they're basically kind of tethered together within their souls. Um, and those scissors look very similar to the old scissors they would use to cut umbilical cords. So it's the untethering. So I, I believe that it's almost like uh, the scissors of the umbilical cord between your good and your bad self. That could be completely wrong, mm. but that's my take on it anyway. There's also, I suppose, a pair of scissors as sim- symmetry as well, I suppose. so. Sim- yeah, yeah, because, I mean, it's exactly the... Unless you buy some weird scissors, yeah, but <laughs> mo- most of them are <laughs> the it's same. Symmetrical, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't really think of that once. 
That's a good one. Um, I'm trying to look at my notes and see what else there is. There's a lot of throwaway lines in the film as well that, like, uh, the, the daughter says uh, there's fluoride in the water that, that are controlling people's minds, and she's got completely dismissed, and she was like, forget, no, nobody cares about the end of the world then. And it's almost like, again, more foreboding, but also at the same time it's like a little... Um, dig at the American government that have been putting water, uh, contaminating the water as well in, I think, was it Florida? I think they were doing that. Um, but yeah, like the little little digs that are just really sneakily put in and then dismissed out of hand completely. Yeah, quickly. almost like they, they don't matter too much. And I was reading that apparently um, uh, I got five on it. There's apparently, and I don't know what it is, some kind of symbolism around that and a big meaning around that song being in it. And I have no idea what that symbolism is, but apparently that has something as well. And and like you said earlier, I feel like every small thing Peel puts in there is for a purpose. Whether we know what it is, whether he ever gives us that information, I think it's, and I think that's why he's, you know, gonna be one of the best people kind of making horror films now because he he pays attention it's not you know yes like the comments are, are throwaways but i'm sure there's a reason for him putting it in there yeah like L- literally every, every line will be something has context to it somewhere yeah. else in the yeah. world it, it's brilliant how he's how he's done that and it does take a lot of watches i think it's going to take a lot of watches to be able to sort of understand exactly what he's trying to do here but I think after the second viewing, I've fallen in love with this film quite a fair bit. And the first time I really didn't get it at all. (laughs) I really didn't. And I was really questioning my, you know, or questioning Pill actually. Like, what has he made here? Why has he done this? I don't get it at all. But I actually think that's... Because, you know, I think a lot of people would be like, oh, but, you know, I had to watch it again. Um, And I would love to, like, I can't wait to watch it again and kind of pick up on more things. But actually, I think it's quite... a amazing thing to be able to do as a filmmaker is to take someone that watches a film and is like yeah I'm not sure and then on the second one goes I loved it because I've you know and actually it shows how intelligent it is because it's not you've gone in it and you've gone yeah that was cool because it had you know had like for me I watch movies and I'm like yeah it had loads of blood it was cool I liked it you actually have to think about it. You have to revisit it. Yep. Almost like an essay or something academic where you you shouldn't off the first time just be like, yeah, I understand everything about it. I think it shows that he's a bit more intelligent in his filmmaking. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's uh, a, a scene um, where Jason goes missing on the beach. Yeah. And he sees the man with the blood dripping on his fingers. And at the point when I was watching that the first time around, I was like, what is that? I didn't get why that was in it. And then I forgot about it. And it didn't add up until we watched it the second time. Because it, instantly you know exactly what that man's doing, why he's got blood on his fingers and what he's doing on the beach. And yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that now. And I understand why that's happening. Um, then, there's the, then there's the bit on the beach as well, actually, where Elizabeth Moss is talking about I could have been a movie star. And later yeah. on in the film, when her doppelganger has killed her, um, she's looking in the mirror and she's putting on like, the lip, lip gloss. Stick. Yeah. But the music is like really reminiscent of like old Hollywood movies inst- yeah. instead. Yeah. And I was like, that's such a good throwback to the line that was said. So he, Before. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, 
that's the see sort of things upon the second watch that I picked up on that yeah. I didn't pick up on on the, at all the first time. And it's just these little touches that really make his filmmaking so woven, like in and out through time in his film. Like you, it's all connected. Well, because there's so many times when you watch films and something that might have happened at the, at the beginning of the film never comes back again, and you're mm. like, okay, well. You know, someone might have done something and then that thing never, ever comes back again. No one talks about it. It's never woven back in. And actually, that doesn't make any sense because otherwise it, it is literally like a throwaway thing. And, you know, they haven't thought about the whole process of the movie and everything should tie back together. But I didn't even I didn't even pick up on that with the Elizabeth Moth. But that's maybe on my second viewing. I mean, now I will pick up on it, yeah, and that will look be out like, for it now, yeah. yeah, but yeah, and and I think I think Pill has made an incredible film for us to, as as we said, to go back and look at it twice, and then finally change my mind on the second time round. But I don't know if the script and the dialogue is any good. I mean, well, it is good at some points, but it's sometimes it's quite almost lazy. I think at times, and I think that the humour was quite misplaced sometimes in this film. I don't See, know what you think about that. I've heard a lot of people say the same thing. Um, and actually, I, on this time... So, funny enough, I went um, to uh, a talk recently and they were talking about um, a theatre in Paris, um, the one that I mentioned on my podcast about uh, the Grand Guignol. And the talk was called Horror and Hilarity. And basically he was saying, so what they aimed to do at their theatre was always combine horror with comedy because it meant that the audience was constantly in a very relaxed state because the comedy was there. That meant that as soon as the horror came, they were almost not prepared for it. Whereas if you're always in like a heightened state, ready for horror, it's not always as frightening because you're not relaxed like, oh, I'm having a good time. And I feel like Peel aimed to do that with his horror is get the audience laughing, being like, oh, well, you know, it's you're safe in a sense because you're watching it, you're laughing, you know, the, the characters are, are making you laugh, doing silly kind of things. And then all of a sudden it's like something horrific happens and it kind of shocks you because you're like, oh, yeah. well, one minute they were having this joke between the family and then the next minute it's like, okay, no, this is this is really serious. Like so luring you into this false sense of security and then yeah. Yeah. really shocking you by doing something shocking. I yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I found it quite realistic, actually, because I feel like often, you know, like when you're um, home alone, well, maybe it's just me, but home alone, if I get scared... I'll start talking to myself and I'll be like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just going to make a cup of tea because <laughs> everything's fine and there's no one creepy in the garden. And yep. it's almost funny because I'm kind of trying to make myself forget that I'm feeling frightened and mm. I'll do something. or Trying to reassure yourself. Yeah, yeah, and I think actually we often try to battle fear with comedy. So I think by pairing them, for me it worked really well. Like I felt like I was one minute laughing and the next minute I was like, oh, no, no, this is... No, I'm not not prepared for that. <laughs> no, I like that take on it, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Maybe my third watch, I might. Third it, watch, yeah. if not the fifth one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to be seeing it another couple of times, for sure. Um, is there anything else that you wanna, you've picked up on that you want to talk about at all? Or? Um, the, 
maybe not appropriate, but the the girls that I'm in a group chat with really want me to mention um, just how much we love Winston Duke um, (laughs) and the amazing boxer scene of him on the bed um, and how perfect that was, obviously how lovely he is, but also, um, you know, just how well acted actually that was and how it was quite reminiscent of all times that we've all had where you you know you think you're settling down for something nice and then your wife suddenly starts talking about this horrific event and you're like well okay I'm just gonna um just gonna leave that where it is (laughs) um but no I guess on a more serious note as well um the acting is incredible you know I think that them as a family they felt to me like a really genuine family that I could connect with on a level you know I never felt like it was because I think when you're portraying a family it can be difficult you Mm. know because everyone I mean everyone's family is different some of them are very messed up some of them are very normal but I think they get the right combination of a little bit of everything you know they've got their inside jokes they are a loving family but they also have their slight discords you know like often um, Adelaide is saying something and uh, her husband is kind of like brushing it off and she's obviously like no this is dead serious and he's like yep that's just you being crazy again and I think I, th- I really liked that I really liked the dynamics of the family and how they they portrayed the characters yeah it was very believable yeah at times yeah. and then then you had the obviously the tethered coming into the house and those two scenes shot obviously side by side it felt like they were obviously two different characters well they were playing different characters obviously they were but yeah. there wasn't any you know you believed that they were doing two separate performances both of each each of the the actors and actresses that we were, they were doing and it was very believable that you could believe that they were both the same people in the same scene if you know what I mean that was it yeah. was all happening playing out at once it wasn't shot twice you weren't thinking how they shoot that how they've done that you believed it the entire time. Yeah, and I think um, Lupita that played Adelaide, she was, I mean, again, if you think back, you know, I know uh, Tony Coletti was obviously, as everyone's saying, snubbed a bit at the Oscars for her performance, which was yeah. incredible. And I think, you know, myself and a lot of other people are obviously mentioning that it's probably going to be the same case for Lupita on this because she, she's... I mean, she's amazing in this film. She she, she really leads is. the entire film, kind of. I mean, everyone else is also amazing, but she is that key that, you know, I think as the audience, it doesn't matter whether you're female, male, anything, you resonate with her and she does pull you in. And she's both a lovely mother and yeah. someone you go, oh, you know, she seems nice. And then absolutely horrific and terrifying, like really frightening (laughs) especially um in the dancing scenes I found the dancing made me feel really weird Uh, I was like okay I'm not you know in the at the end in the classroom yeah Yeah, that was not cool that was bizarre (laughs) wasn't it actually and actually I was really really well shot as well actually that part like again I totally believed that they were two separate people fighting each other but it was the same person and it yeah I'm trying to comprehend how they've shot that but again so Jordan Bill's great at his composition his his cinematography everything within the film is just really really good and I I really did spot quite a lot of compositions where it was very symmetrical throughout the whole film so even yeah. in in his shot composition he's talking about mirror image and 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 symmetry and 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 you know doppelgangers and it, everything relates to each other even down to the to the shot composition which is 
really, really good well, when you look at it like that. It's almost like a piece of art, you know. Yeah. And I think actually, like when it comes to horror films, you can make it very artful. You can take these kind of scary, frightening pieces of imagery and turn them into something almost beautiful in a in a frightening way. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what he did. And I know a lot of people are saying it's not it's not quite as good as Get Out, but I think that's because I mean, Get Out was the first movie, and and no one expected anything like that, and we you know, always knew Jordan Peele as the comedy guy. So when he came out with that, it was like, oh, my God. So I guess with us, there was a a lot of hype and, you know, very big. So I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, it wasn't quite, but I don't think it would have ever had the impact that Get Out did because we already knew what he could do. And, I mean, I don't think he could have gone much further in terms of giving us something. But I think it was amazing, like a very, very good film and and a great follow-up, you know, to have put out Get Out, which was so well received, Mm. and then to put us out, like, I think he did really well on that. Yeah, I agree with that. A lot of people have been saying that maybe perhaps it would have served better as a short in his new Twilight Zone reboot that he's doing. And I'm not so sure about that, actually. I think this is a bit, as you said, a piece of art, and it's it serves itself well by being a feature-length film. And I think you don't get the same distribution, you don't get the same amount of people going to see the film if it's going to be a short film on TV um, within the Twilight Zone. Um, and, yeah, I think I think the film's found its, found its audience and I think yeah. there's a lot of people who, who love looking at films and looking for every detail and trying to make sense of yeah. what things mean. And, I mean, this whole subreddit group probably on reddit about <laughs> about it trying to work out little things to do with whether or not jason knew about his mum, whether or not um jason is actually a doppelganger there's all yeah. of these fan theories going around and only the person that knows whether or not it's true is 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 jordan pill and pill has reviewed revealed a few things about the film but like he would he will always on twitter people saying this is my fan theory and he will retweet it and then someone else would say something that's a yeah. fan theory and he'll retweet that and it contradicts the other fan theory so people are still going oh mine is, mine's right but actually no well I guess not. it's I mean it's great for him because it's like you know yes you can make a good movie that people watch and five minutes afterwards they say great and then they never speak about it again or you can make a movie that continues a conversation continuously and perhaps people go well I, I didn't understand it but they want to understand it and you know you're probably going to have people five years down the line going oh I've just spotted in us that I didn't see before and I mean that's awesome and I guess for him he's he's almost the gatekeeper of the secret so Mm. he can be like oh well could be that could be that and like you said retweeting those things it gets people being like oh my god you know which one is it and then everyone's like okay go away discuss it more and I mean that's cool that's cool to be able to like keep on analyzing a film yeah to find all these these different easter eggs in it it's superb really when you think about it like that and I think the whole aim of when you want to make a film like if I'm one I would really love to make a short film and and the whole point of doing something like that is to keep a conversation going pose questions get people talking about it mm-hmm. roll people up the wrong way and then get them thinking about it and thinking actually maybe that was right and he's done that here hasn't he really he's he's posed certain questions within the film that only you can take away from and it's almost like it's asking you questions about yourself almost 
and yeah. and you've got to figure out whether or not you can relate to it in in the same way as other people might and i think yeah the more i talk about it with you like the more i'm even learning more about it from my from my for myself in a way yeah no me too and you know i only watched it the once but you know now speaking about it on reflection i'm like oh actually you know there's so many things that perhaps on a second viewing i would understand more i would get to know um you know and it was even after the film i, I mean i stood with uh, my partner at the at the bus stop and i was like talking about i was like oh because i i mean the ending i never saw it coming actually um i yeah i never saw it coming I actually, ne it was kind of like almost out of the blue. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, there's a lot of foreboding and there's maybe some hints towards that ending. But it was that where I was like, oh, and then when I stood at the bus stop, I was like, oh, but do you think? And I was like, and now that bit makes sense. And, you know, I started going over it and um, my partner was like, OK, you're thinking about it a bit too much. I was like, no, but there's, <laughs> there's so much you could go into in depth with this that it's... I mean, that's what I like about a movie. I mean, I also do like movies that are very straightforward and I'm like, okay, so, you know, you know exactly what's happening, but yeah. I like being able to, especially, you know, and be able to talk with someone. And like you said, as you go on, you kind of discover more things about the film, especially with another person's perspective. And um, perhaps like you were saying, you know, it makes you reflect on yourself and also reflect on others. And it is a film where when you start talking with someone else, you see it from a different viewpoint, which perhaps, you know, kind of mirrors what they're doing in the film is very different viewpoints of of us, of them, of the tethered and all of those things. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, so I think, unless you have anything else left to say, I can nope. ask you the question? Yes. Okay. Zoe, us, is it worth it? Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to agree with that as well. It's definitely worth watching. Um, if you're going to watch it once, um, don't go in expecting to understand it straight away and you will want to go and watch it again because you'll be left pondering so many questions about whether or not this means this, this means that. And you probably will Google a lot of it. But I think if you go and watch it again the second time and look for those things that you might find meaning in it, you will enjoy it the second time even more. So if you didn't enjoy it the first time. So yeah. So that is our review of Us. Um, Zoe, you've got a podcast out as well. Where can people find that? So that is, you can find it if you follow me over on Twitter. Um, Zobo with shotgun, not with A, because oh, A I've been doesn't... saying that. No, it is with A, a shotgun. So I'm known as with uh, Zobo with a shotgun, but on Twitter, right. I'm one character short. So oh, I'm okay. Zobo with shotgun. Um, but yes, you can also find it on my website, Zobo with a shotgun.com <laughs> um, and on Podbean. Um, I'm trying to figure out the whole iTunes thing, but I'm I'm not good with technology. So okay. we'll, well, we'll I can get help there. you out with that. That's yes, fine please. <laughs> um, yes, you can listen to it there. You can just search for Zoba with a Shotgun podcast because no one else has that name, just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on the show and uh, hopefully we'll have you back soon. Yes, 100%. I will be back. <laughs>